How did you happen to get in here? I ran here. You scared the daylights out of me last night. Seems like the truth shouldn't scare anybody, man or boy. Hello everyone and welcome to When It Was Cool Dark. I'm your host, Carl Stern. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is produced and distributed by WhenItWasCool.com. Hope you'll check out our website. By becoming a Patreon supporter, you not only ensure that this podcast keeps going, but our website keeps going. Our podcasting network keeps going, but in return, I'm going to offer you a gateway into over 2,000 podcasts dealing with pop culture, retro pop culture, history, and the entire back catalog for When It Was Cool, Dragon King Dark. So I hope you'll check us out at whenitwascool.com. Hit any of those Patreon buttons. Look, you can start for as low as a dollar a month. I mean, that's you can't get any. You can't even at McDonald's get a drink anymore for a buck. Saw recently uh, that was been McDonald's kind of gimmick for a long time. They had this giant banner out front, all size sodas, one dollar. Well, not anymore. But here at WhenItWasCool.com, you can support us for a buck. Come on in, water's fine. Check us out and uh, support our. Uh, efforts here as we continue to grow into 2023 and we're getting very near the end of this series so i know it's been going on for a long time 100 of the darkest moments in pop culture history once we conclude this series we're going to return to the world of mysteries more about that will be coming up and i've got some good stuff in fact I'm all, i've already been working on the first show for the relaunch and uh, it's these new shows are going to be fantastic. I really think you'll enjoy them. If you're into mysteries, if you're into the uh, a science geek, if you're into the paranormal, if you're into uh, you know anything that is unexplained, you're going to love when it was cool dark. But we can only do it with more Patreon support. We really need your support here at whenitwascool.com. We are uh, moving forward now in our 100 Darkest Moments Pop Culture History series, and this is a this is a big one. I mean, this is one that surely everybody knew we were going to get to eventually. The death of Whitney Houston. This happened back on February 11th, 2012. Whitney Houston uh, really needs no introduction. She was uh, one of the most famous uh, singers of. I guess the 1980s would have been really her peak into the 1990s. Uh, she was a uh, stellar vocalist. She was born August 9th, 1963, and she was only 48 years old when she died in, in you know, 2012. While, you know, ways back isn't that long ago. Most people, I think, really remember this. And the story of Whitney Houston's uh, kind of sad. I mean, she had... You know, all the potential in the world. She certainly reached levels of that potential. She came from sort of a gospel singing background. It seemed like she had a really uh, solid reputation early on. But then 
you know, things uh, started cropping up. Certainly her relationship with Bobby Brown was uh, problematic in many ways. And the story only really gets sadder from there. There's been, uh, there's been tragedy even since her death involving the Whitney Houston story. But for those of you who may need to refresh your course real quick on Whitney Houston, uh, she's one of the best-selling music artists of all time. She's sold over 200 million records worldwide. I mean, that is in the very upper echelon of, of uh, music artists. In 2023, Rolling Stone ranked her second on their list of the greatest singers of all time. And certainly, she was a tremendous vocalist, especially at her peak. Whitney Houston influenced many singers in popular music and was known for her powerful, soulful vocals and vocal improvisation skills. She's the only artist to have had seven consecutive number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100. Think about that for a minute. She's the only artist to have had seven consecutive number one singles. That is amazing. From Saving All My Love to You in 1985 until Where Do Broken Hearts Go in 1988. She dominated that period. Buddy, when I was in high school, Whitney Houston was on the top of the charts constantly. Houston also enhanced her popularity upon entering the movie industry throughout her career. And after her death, she received numerous accolades, including two Emmy Awards, six Grammys, 16 Billboard Music Awards, and 28 Guinness World Records. Yes. Houston has also been inducted into the Grammy, Rhythm and Blues, Music, and Rock and Roll Hall of Fa- Halls of Fame, as well she should. And again, she did all of this before her untimely death at the age of 48. Could you imagine if she had continued on uh, with a less problematic lifestyle than, than what happened? Uh, Whitney Houston began singing in church as a child and became a background vocalist while in high school. She was one of the first black women to appear on the cover of Seventeen after becoming a teen model in 1981. With the guidance of Arista Records chairman Clive Davis, Houston signed to the label at age 19. And her first two studio albums, Whitney Houston, that came out in 1985, and Whitney in 1987, both peaked at number one on the Billboard 200 and are among the best-selling albums of all time. Houston's third studio album, I'm Your Baby Tonight, 1990, yielded two Billboard Hot 100 number one singles, I'm Your Baby Tonight and All the Man That I Need. Houston made her acting debut with the romantic thriller film Bodyguard in 1992, a very successful, very popular movie. It became the 10th highest-grossing film to that date, despite receiving poor reviews for its screenplay and lead performances. She recorded six songs for the film's soundtrack, including I Will Always Love You, the, the Dolly Parton song, gosh, which she's now known as, as well as Dolly was for that song, quite frankly. Uh, it won the Grammy Award for Record of the Year and became the best-selling physical single by a woman in music history. Yes, even outperforming the original Dolly Parton, which was a huge, huge success in and of itself. The soundtrack for The Bodyguard won the Grammy Award for Album of the Year and remains the best-selling soundtrack album of all time. Houston went on to star and record soundtracks for Waiting to Excel in 1995, The Preacher's Wife in 1996, of which she also produced, and it became the best-selling gospel album of all time. 
As a film producer, she produced multicultural movies, including Cinderella's in 1997, uh, Princess Diaries, and Cheetah Girls. Houston's first studio album in eight years, My Love Is Your Love, in 1998, sold millions and spawned several hit singles, including Heartbreak Hotel, It's Not Right But It's Okay, and My Love Is Your Love. Following the success, she renewed her contract with Arista Records for $100 million, one of the biggest recording deals of all time. However, and here's where we start entering the world of the 100 darkest moments in pop culture history. You know, when you get to the word, however, the, you know, if this were a, this were a documentary, TV documentary or something, the sinister music would start playing. Her personal problems began to overshadow her career. In her 2002 studio album, Just Whitney, received mixed reviews. Her drug use and a tumultuous marriage to singer Bobby Brown received widespread media coverage. After a six-year break from recording, Houston returned to the top of the Billboard 200 chart with her final studio album, I Look to You, in 2009. On February 11, 2012, Whitney Houston accidentally drowned in a bathtub at the Beverly Hilton Hotel in Beverly Hills with heart disease and cocaine use as contributing factors. News of her death coincided with the 2012 Grammy Awards, which took place the day following her death and was covered internationally. An official biopic movie of Houston titled I Want to Dance with Somebody was released in theaters on December 23, 2022. So she was a gigantic star. I mean, no question, she's one of the most influential, most well-known, high-selling artists of all time. But here on our 100 Darkest Moments in Pop Culture History, uh, we are going to be talking about, well, the bad times. And uh, certainly her tumultuous relationship with Bobby Brown, uh, many people say that figures into her lifestyle downward spiral. Uh, there are certainly drug use issues to discuss. And let's just jump into her death. Uh, Whitney Houston reportedly appeared, quote, disheveled and erratic in the days before her death. On February 9th, 2012, Whitney Houston visited singers Brandy and Monica together with Clive Davis at their rehearsals for Davis' pre-Grammy Awards party at the Beverly Hilton in Beverly Hills. That same day, she made her last public performance when she joined Kelly Price on stage in Hollywood, California, saying, Jesus loves me. Two days later, on February 11th, Houston was found unconscious in Suite 434 at the Beverly Hilton, submerged in the bathtub. Beverly Hills paramedics arrived about 3.30 p.m. and found Houston unresponsive, they performed CPR, but Houston was pronounced dead at 3.55 p.m. The cause of death was not immediately known. Local police said there were no obvious signs of criminal intent. An invitation-only memorial service was held for Houston on February 18, 2012 at the New Hope Baptist Church in Newark, New Jersey. The service was scheduled for two hours but lasted four. Among those who performed at the funeral were Stevie Wonder, uh, C.C. Wi- uh, Winans, 
uh, Alicia Keys, Kim Burrell, and R. Kelly. The performances were interspersed with hymns by the church choir and remarks by Clive Davis. Clive Davis, of course, was Houston's record producer and close friend and and a well-known mentor to her. Also, uh, speaking at her funeral was Kevin Cosner, who, of course, uh, co-starred with her in The Bodyguard, Ricky Minor, her music director, uh, Dionne Warwick, her cousin, and Ray Watson, her security guard for the past 11 years. Aretha Franklin was listed on the program and was expected to sing, but was unable to attend the service. Bobby Brown departed shortly after the service began. Houston was buried on February 19, 2012, in Fairview Cemetery in Westfield, New Jersey, next to her father, John Russell Houston, who had died in 2003. So, yes, Whitney Houston's actually buried not in California, but in Westfield, New Jersey. On March 22, 2012, the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office reported that Whitney Houston's death was caused by drowning and the effects of heart disease and cocaine use. The office said the amount of cocaine found in Houston's body indicated that she used the substance shortly before her death. Toxicology reports also revealed additional drugs in her system. Benadryl, which will make you drowsy and sleepy, of course. The, uh, the, uh, most, a lot of people take it for sinus uh, relief and, and for uh, allergic reactions, things like that. But it makes you drowsy. Xanax, which makes you drowsy. Cannabis, so there was weed in her system as well. Flexoril. And the manner of death was listed as an accident. The February 11th, 2012 Clive Davis pre-Grammy party that Houston had been expected to attend, which featured many of the biggest names in music and film, went on as scheduled, although it was quickly turned into a tribute to Whitney Houston. Clive Davis spoke about Houston's death at the evening start. He said, quote, By now you've all learned of the unspeakably tragic news of our beloved Whitney's passing. I don't have to mask my emotion in front of a room full of so many dear friends. I am personally devastated by the loss of someone who has meant so much to me for so many years. Whitney was so full of life. She was so looking forward to tonight, even though she wasn't scheduled to perform. Whitney was a beautiful person and a talented beyond compare. She graced this stage with her regal presence and gave so many memorable performances here over the years. Simply put, Whitney would have wanted the music to go on and her family asked that we carry on. Tony Bennett spoke of Houston's death before performing at Davis's party. He said, first it was Michael Jackson, then Amy Winehouse, now the magnificent Whitney Houston. Tony Bennett sang, how do you keep the music playing? Instead of Houston, when I first heard her, I called Clyde Davis and said, you finally found the greatest singer I've ever heard in my life. Some celebrities opposed Davis' decision to continue with the party while a police investigation was being conducted into Houston's hotel room and her body was still in the building. Shaka Khan, in an interview, very outspoken Shaka Khan, I should say, she's quite the interview. Uh, she said in an interview with CNN's Pierce Morgan on February 13, 2012, uh, shared that she felt the party should have been canceled, saying, quote, I thought that was complete insanity. And knowing Whitney, I don't believe she would have said the show must go on. She's the kind of woman that would have said, stop everything. I'm not going to be there. 
Sharon Osborne condemned Davis' party, declaring, I think it was disgraceful that the party went on. I don't want to be in a hotel room when there's someone you admire who's tragically lost their life four floors up. I'm not interested in being in that environment, and I think when you grieve someone, you do it privately. You do it with people who understand you. I thought it was so wrong. So a diverse opinions about that. Many other celebrities released statements responding to Houston's death. Darlene Love, Houston's godmother, hearing the news of her death, said it felt like I had been struck by a lightning bolt in my gut. Dolly Parton, who we just talked about, uh, was covered. Uh, uh, said, I will always be grateful in the, and in awe of the wonderful performance she did on my song. I can truly say, from the bottom of my heart, Whitney, I will always love you. You will be missed. Aretha Franklin said, it's so stunning and unbelievable. I couldn't believe what I was reading coming across the TV screen. Others paying tribute included Mariah Carey, Quincy Jones, and Oprah Winfrey. Moments after the news of her death emerged, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News all broke from their regularly scheduled programming to dedicate time to nonstop coverage of Houston's death. All three featured live interviews with people who had known Houston, including those that had worked with her, along with some of her peers in the music industry. Saturday Night Live displayed a photo of a smiling Houston alongside Molly Shannon from her 1996 appearance. MTV and VH1 interrupted the regularly scheduled programs to air many of Houston's classic videos, with MTV often airing news segments in between and featuring various reactions from its fans and celebrities. The first full hour after the news of Houston's death broke saw 2,481,652 tweets and retweets on Twitter alone, equating to a rate of more than a 1,000 tweets every second. Houston's former husband, Bobby Brown, was reported to be in and out of crying fits after receiving the news. He did not cancel a scheduled performance, and within hours of his ex-wife's sudden death, an audience in Mississippi watched his brown blue kisses skyward, tearfully saying, I love you, Whitney. A Certainly a shocking and, and uh, dramatic turn of events with the death of Whitney Houston. When we come back after our mid-show break, uh, we'll... I'll talk about some more of the details behind her death and uh, kind of a, a look back in, in retrospect and, and uh, talk more about the life and career of Whitney Houston right after this. Do not be alarmed. 370 dark. 371. Darker. Do not be alarmed. 370 dark. 371. Darker. So how did life begin? As a scientist, we have absolutely no idea. Nobody has any idea. Even origin of life people who say that they have an idea, as soon as I poke them on it, they have no idea. You, you like your primordial soup model where there were some molecules in a pond, flashes of lightning, these molecules come together and form a cell. That's a big step. You gotta somehow take very small, simple molecules like formaldehyde and CO2, and somehow you've gotta make the four classes of chemicals. You've gotta make carbohydrates, proteins, first the amino acids, and then the pro proteins from those. You got to make the lipids, which people think are easy. They're not easy at all. Mm -hmm. And you, you have to make the nucleic acids, which is the DNA and RNA. We don't even know in any prebiotic type chemistry experiment how to make any of those classes of chemicals in a homochiral form. 
Homochiral meaning you get one mirror image and not the other. We know that chirality could not have come later on during an evolutionary process. You had to have near perfect chirality. And we know that just for the things to fit together, but we know that from a, something new in the last 20 years, chiral induced spin selectivity. A cell would burn up if you don't have the right chirality because you have to have chirality matching to what's called the spin of the electron. Each chiral element is a spin valve. Even if you were given, even if you were given the homochiral compounds, and, and with, with sugars, it's, it's extremely hard, carbohydrates, how to do this. But even if you were given those, how do you polymerize them now to make the polysaccharides that you're going to need? Nobody knows how to do that. Nobody's, how do you polymerize the, the uh, amino acids? People, you say, well, wet, dry cycles. Well, wet, dry cycles don't do it for you because you have half of the amino acids have active side chains that participate in the coupling. So you don't have the, the peptide bond anymore. And so you, don't, you can't get those even by wet dry cycles. And by wet dry cycles, people have made, I don't know, hexamers maybe, tiny little things, and they're all mixed up. And so what they'll do is you, you, they'll use glycine and alanine that don't have the active side chains. Well, you load up the system, but that's not real. You want to take the 20 amino acids, it doesn't work because half of them have active side chains. You, we don't know how to polymerize those. We don't know how to polymerize the, uh, the, the nucleotides. People say, oh, just recently this work by Benner and Biondi from Florida where they, where, where they, had, they, they, had, <laughs> they took pure nucleotide triphosphate that they bought from a manufacturer, pure, and they put it on these rocks and they got some oligomerization to what they claim is high as 200 mers or 300 mers. But then when you start looking at how it connected, you have the two prime, five prime linkage, not just the three prime, five prime linkages, and you have branching therefore, and we know the two prime, five prime linkage can't transcribe to, to, uh, um, to a protein structure. And they'll say, well, a good percentage of it is the three prime, five, five prime. Well, what percentage? Anything that's been done on a surface has anywhere from 30% to 80% of the two prime, five prime. So if you have even just 30%, we'll go with the 30% number. That means one out of every three of your linkages doesn't work. Well, you need three linkages. You need three letters to define one amino acid and a protein. So that means you still don't have any words. You don't have any words, even with all these grand experiments. And you poke them on it, and they have no answer to this. And I poked Benner on this just recently without any answer. These things just fall apart. The problem is that people who don't know much will hear this quote from, from this person and think it's there. No, we don't know how to polymerize these. But even if I gave you all the polymers, I'll give you all the polymers, and I'll even give you the informational code, which we have no idea where it came from. And I'll give you all the, the peptides, uh, all, all the carbohydrates hooked together in any order that you want. All the components of a cell. Could you put a cell together in your modern lab, let alone under a rock or in some, some pool someplace? Who works in, in the origin of, I don't know how to put that cell. Even if I gave you all the components, no, I can't put a cell together. We're back continuing our 100 Darkest Moments in Pop Culture uh, series. And again, this series will be coming to a conclusion pretty soon. And if you want When It Was Cool Dark to continue, and we have great plans. We're going to re-explore mysteries, uh, science, the paranormal. Uh, all that we'll, we'll be picking up once we conclude our, uh, our 100 Darkest Moments series. But to do that, we need a new influx of Patreon supporters. If you've ever been sitting around, if you've listened to these shows, maybe you've listened to this show for years, 
and uh, you're interested, hey, we're, we're about to put some fresh paint on it, uh, we could use your support. We could use a new influx of Patreon supporters. And look, Patreon support starts as low as a dollar a month at the $5 level. Uh, that's $5 for an entire month. Uh, you're going to get over 2,000 podcasts in our archive to immediately download, dealing with retro pop culture, the entire back catalog for when it was cool dark, and much more. So I encourage you to do so. would love to uh, start fresh and anew with uh, a lot of new faces, a lot of new uh, ears listening to the show. So uh, pass it around and uh, encourage your friends to join up as well. People Magazine, some 10 years after the death of Whitney Houston, uh, put out this article, Whitney Houston's Death, The Details Behind Her Sudden Passing. Whitney Houston was just 48 years old when she died at a Beverly Hills hotel in February of 2012. This was written by Jacqueline Weiss. Whitney Houston's unmistakable voice and career left a major impact on the music industry, which she exited suddenly and tragically. The singer, nicknamed The Voice, was known for a powerful vocal ability that earned her multiple accolades throughout her life and even after her death. However, her drug use and tumultuous personal life behind the limelight became just as well known as her music. Houston died February 11, 2012, the day before the Grammy Awards, sending shockwaves through the music community and around the world. The singer accidentally drowned in a hotel bathroom, leaving behind 18-year-old daughter Bobby Christina Brown. And give you a heads up, that story doesn't end well either. We'll talk about that before our conclusion. Here are all the details behind her sudden passing as well as the legacy she left behind. How did Whitney Houston die? Whitney Houston's death was ruled as an accidental drowning with contributing factors of heart disease and cocaine use, according to the 42-page coroner's report. The toxicology report found that cocaine and metabolites contributed to her passing. Other substances found in her body included marijuana, Xanax, Benadryl, and Flexeril. And by the way, Flexeril is a muscle relaxer, but they did not contribute to her death, although those things all all cause drowsiness, all cause re- relaxation. So I, you know, I'm a little skeptical about that being a contributor. There was water found in her lungs, and that indicates to us that she was alive when she submerged underwater. Los Angeles County Chief Coroner Craig Harvey told People Magazine at the time. According to our test, the level of cocaine was not necessarily a lethal level of cocaine, but her death was complicated by chronic cocaine use and heart disease. Coroner Assistant Chief Ed Winter shared with people two potential scenarios about the circumstances of her death. She could have passed out first due to intoxication from the cocaine, or she could have had a heart attack and then drowned. It's probably one of those two scenarios. Her official time of death was 3.55 p.m. on February 11, 2012. Houston was found unresponsive and submerged in her bathtub inside Suite 3. Uh, 434 at Beverly Hills uh, Hilton Hotel. The singer was seemingly fine when speaking with her mother, uh, Sissy Houston, about 3.15 p.m. Less than 30 minutes later, hotel security was called at 3.43 p.m. when the singer was found unresponsive in the bathtub by her assistant. Police officers arrived in her suite two minutes later as they were already at the hotel in preparation for Clive Davis' pre-Grammy Awards party that evening. 
Officials attempted CPR on Houston before she was pronounced dead at 3.55 p.m. She was 48 years old at the time of her passing. Whitney Houston spoke on the phone with her mother around 3.15 p.m., just 40 minutes before she was pronounced dead in her hotel room. The nature of their phone call has not been revealed by Sissy Houston, but she said her daughter seemed to be fine. Two days before her death on February 9th, Houston visited singers Brandy and Monica with Clive Davis during their rehearsals for the music executive's party on February 11th. Later that day, Houston made her last public performance singing Jesus Loves Me on stage with Kelly Price in Hollywood at a pre-Grammys party. Both the public and lovers of her music worldwide were devastated by the news of her passing. When news broke of the singer's death, it made the front-page newspapers and was widely covered. Clive Davis, Houston's friend and mentor, still hosted his pre-Grammy party in the Beverly Hilton Hotel on the evening of February 11th, despite the singer's body remaining inside the building until 12.45 a.m. At the start of the event, he shared a tribute to Houston. By now, you have all learned of the unspeakably tragic news of our beloved Whitney's passing. And we uh, talked about that uh, in the first half of our show. The Grammy Award winner continued, I'm personally devastated by the loss of someone who's meant so much to me for so many years. Whitney was so full of life, she was looking forward to tonight, even though she wasn't scheduled to perform. In the days after Houston's death, dozens of her friends and colleagues shared tributes to the late singer. Mariah Carey said she will never be forgotten as one of the greatest voices ever to grace the earth. Even a decade after her passing, Whitney Houston is widely regarded as one of the greatest singers of all time. Her influence on the music industry and overall culture is undeniable. As one of the best-selling music artists ever, she continues to inspire movies and documentaries. Uh, music releases after her death have uh, came out and charitable work. She is truly, without question, one of the most influential singers of all time. Now, I alluded to a moment ago that her daughter's uh, story doesn't end well either. Bobby Christina Brown, uh, she also ended up passing away, born to Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown. On March the 4th, 1993, Bobby Christina Brown was no stranger to fame, and although her home life was often rocky, her parents messily divorced in 2007, her mother worked hard to keep her daughter's life her top priority. She supports me. She loves me. She gives me good mommy hugs, she told Access Hollywood in 2011. Though her parents tried to keep her life as private as possible, save for brief appearances on the family reality show, being Bobby Brown, Bobby Christina still enjoyed the occasional perk, like a trip to Anaheim, California's Disneyland with Mom and Dad in 2004 for the premiere of The Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement. My daughter is my greatest inspiration, Whitney said in one of her final interviews. My greatest, my greatest. Unfortunately, her story um, doesn't have a, a, a great ending. Uh, life had seemed happily uh, settled and quiet for Bobby Christina, who reportedly married longtime family friend Nick Gordon, uh, although this was denied later by a lawyer for Brown's father, so who knows. 
stayed under the watchful eye of her grandmother, Sissy. However, rumors were bubbling again about drug use and her recent weight loss, and a family friend told People she wasn't speaking to her dad anymore. On January 31, 2015, she was found unresponsive in the Georgia home she shared with Gordon, discovered unconscious in a bathtub, just as her mother had died. She passed away in hospice on July 26, 2015. So she actually, after being discovered unconscious in the bathtub, she actually lived for, for about six or seven months later. On January 1, 2020, Gordon died also, her whatever husband, significant other. He died of a drug overdose at home in Florida. He was 30 years old. So all this tragedy, three people uh, in the sphere of uh, Whitney Houston all dying young. Very tragic story, very unfortunate story. Uh, You know, fame has often carries with it a lot of perils a lot of uh a lot of temptations he is Whitney Houston certainly as we've learned in our 100 darkest moments series it is uh I won't say commonplace but it's certainly music singers are no stranger to this type of lifestyle and these type of tragedies ABC 7 Chicago had a brief little uh, remembrance of Whitney Houston uh, 10 years after her death that came out in 2022. It's hard to believe it's been uh, you know over 11 years now since she passed away. Whitney Houston's death 10 years since the superstar died from drug-related accidental drowning. It's hard to believe it's been 10 years since Whitney Houston died. And again, this, this uh, article's over a year old now, so we're past 11 years. It's hard to believe The singer first popped up on most people's radar in the 1980s when she recorded a long string of celebrated pop hits. That career carried her into the 1990s. It also helped kickstart an acting career that saw her co-star alongside Kevin Costner in 1992's The Bodyguard. Houston's rendition of Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You on that film's soundtrack earned her Grammy Awards for Record of the Year and Best Pop Vocal Performance. By the 2000s, Fans watched the singer sink into addiction and a turbulent marriage to fellow singer Bobby Brown. Much of that troubled relationship and its associated problems were made public in the reality TV show Being Bobby Brown. And then uh, mentions just again the date of her death and everything 10 years earlier. Certainly a very tragic, very tumultuous story on the greatest entertainers of all time and we've talked about this we've repeatedly visited this in this series i mean we've talked about michael jackson and prince and and goodness so many others uh over the course of this series that there have been lots and lots of musicians and entertainers who have met a younger than should be demise because of the excesses of fame it's uh, not unfortunately it's not an uncommon story Whitney Houston was an uncommon talent. She was an uncommon uh, entertainer. Uh, she won the greatest of all time. And unfortunately, uh, she was not immune to the excesses of fame and fortune either. Well, thank you very much for joining us here. And when it was cool, dark, 
as uh, we continue to uh, roll toward the end of our 100 Darkest Moments of Pop Culture History series. Once uh, this series is completed, I will uh, have a uh, complete article at whenitwascool.com that will have all these listed along with the uh, a brief description and a uh, way to listen and stream and download them. Uh, hope you will support us on Patreon. Again, I can't stress how important it is. Uh, I don't want to get on here and just, you know, constantly barrage you with with uh, join our Patreon stuff. But uh, for the changeover to the new Dragon King Dark, the new When It Was Cool Dark, previously known as Dragon King Dark, uh, we're putting in a lot more uh, editing time. There's a lot more research that's going into it. The show will move to a uh, bi-weekly format every other week because there's going to be so much research involved uh, and production involved in it. We need a new influx of uh, new, uh, fresh Patreon faces here. And, uh, hey, look, come in and, and, and check out what all we have to offer. We have lots of stuff available we have a great easy-to-use index. If you go to whenitwascool.com, click on the Patreon content index, and I make it so easy to find all of our back shows on pop culture, retro pop culture, pro wrestling history, history in general, and, of course, our When It Was Cool Dark series. Thank you very much for joining us, and I'll see you here again soon with another show. Whenitwascool.com is your source for the best in retro pop culture. When It Was Cool features articles and podcasts on retro TV and movies, toys, action figures, pro wrestling, food, video games, and more. Hit the Patreon button to support us and get instant access to hundreds of premium podcasts and features. Family-friendly and fun. Whenitwascool.com